There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi guys, this is Claire Kramer, aka the Great Glorificus, and you are listening to the Buffy Back Issue Bed. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Bed, the show where we go through all the Buffy and Angel comics that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. And today we are once again joined by another creative on all of these comics, Victor Gishler, who wrote the Spike into the... Shoot, I forgot the title. (laughs) In a Dark Place. In a Dark Place, thank you. And Angel (laughs) in Faith Season 10. In in another dark place. (laughs) Yeah. True. (laughs) He's very broody. That's always Angel, though. Is he ever not in a dark place? So, I guess starting out, going back to your very first job, because you wrote not only an entire season, but as we just mentioned, and also failed to mention, you wrote a Spike miniseries. Yeah. Yeah, I did. It was cool. And, uh, you know, what's cool about writing Spike and then writing Angel is you find out, like, I'm not really, like, I'm a fan of the shows and I'm a fan of the characters. But I've never been part of, like, an online community or anything like that, really. And so I was very surprised to find out there's, like, Team Spike and Team Angel. And <laughs> and if, you know, you might be direct, pulled into an alley and beaten if you're on the wrong team or something, you know. So it's kind of a weird, it's kind of strange, it's kind of strange but cool for me that I've gotten to write Spike and Angel both. I've been on, like, both teams. I don't know. Maybe there could be a, some healing or something coming from that. I don't, I don't know. How did that book come around for you? The Spike miniseries? Yeah. I was wrapping up some work at Marvel Comics. I had done two years on X-Men, and I, I did some other stuff for them. I did Deadpool and Punisher Max, and it was, you know, I did a lot of that. And I was moving on. It was just time for a change and to move on and do something else. And my agent was going to, uh, I want to say, New York Comic Con. It's hard for me to remember like things that happened three days ago, <laughs> years ago. So let's say, yeah, we'll say New York Comic Con. But he, he said, I'm going to talk to some people. And I'm like, well, go get me some work, man. You know, go find, go talk to some people. And he, he went and talked to some people. And he, he, he kind of got me on the phone with some people at Dark Horse. And I said, you know, one, one of the things I like about Dark Horse is you got a lot of non-superhero stuff. And I just need a break. I mean, obviously superhero stuff like the backbone of comic books but i just needed a break i would love to do some some non-superhero stuff and one of the things that came up was the buffy verse and i said oh yeah my wife got me into that show and yeah hell yeah and so we sort of talked around you know we we sort of you know these things don't happen overnight you know we just had some discussion thing and they they wanted a spike mini i guess in season nine like i said my memory's very fuzzy and bad i think what happened in season nine spike left the book at a certain point to go away and then it was like well what's he doing where's he going he's away where's he going and and they said well that should be that's five issues right let's get a guy to write that and i was i happened to sort of be stumbling along right at that exact time and i guess i said the right things and they said okay you're the guy that you should write that and then from there i'm clearly very well received because they offered a job for you to do a whole season and i was curious how because writing a you know season of comics seems or my eyes seems like it would be different from trying to like write you know arc to arc how does planning a season go differently than trying to just do like hey i'm doing an arc of a superhero book yeah no uh, uh it's very different and i'm not good at it it turns out <laughs> i might suck at it really hard because when you do a five issues when you do five issues which is what spike was you can sort of see it you can look up and see it 
on the horizon, five issues away. And, you know, to do a season is two years plus of your life. And you're asked to look ahead. You know, you're working on issue one, but they want to know what's going to happen in issue 23. They want to know it. You know, they want the outline. They want everything. And I, I, um, and I was like, you know, and it was was intimidating and it was hard. And I think, I think at the end of the day, the product was a good product, but it was not a natural thing for me. I like to kind of discover what I'm writing. I'm not saying that I want to make it up as I go along. I mean, I, you know, I want to plan ahead and I want to have some organization, but it is, was very difficult for me to look two years ahead and say, well, here's going, here's what's going to happen in issue 22, 23, 24, but that's what they wanted. And they were not, they were not wrong to want that. It's just that that was not, you know, we've all got strengths and weaknesses and that wasn't a strength for me. The editors really helped keep me straight. It was really a team effort writing that. And so what I've come to find out is that I feel pretty strong about sitting down and doing a five issue thing. Like I feel like I can see the end of the story, whereas it's more uh, hard work for me to, to think about, you know, 25 issues, two mm-hmm. years, something like that is, is, is much tougher. Well, and then adding on to that, I mean, you, you, there were so many crossovers with Buffy. So it's not just your world. It's somebody else's world that you have to connect at the right point and separate out again. And that I'm sure complicated things or I would imagine. Yeah, it was, it was, you're trying to, you're trying to mesh things. And, you know, before the, um, the season even started, I flew out to LA for like a writer slash editor season 10 summit. And there were a bunch of us writers and editors all in a room and we're talking about how, uh, you know, how these things are going to work. And at that time I had not even been told what book I was going to do. They just oh, wow. said, you're going to be, you're going to be some Buffy verse writer somewhere. We're not sure yet, but come fly out to LA and we're going to work it out. And so we're all talking about how the story could work and everything. And this, and, and what was great is Joss Whedon was there. He showed up partway through and talked us through story ideas and things like that. And there were so many good ideas and so much good creative energy that I didn't realize until I got home that we had talked like 80% about the main Buffy book and only like 20% about Angel and Faith. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that, that was a, that was a super good creative summit. I'm so creatively energized. Hey, wait a minute. What am I writing? We hardly talked <laughs> about it, about any of my stuff uh, at all. Cause I, it wasn't until the end of the summit that the, I was told, you know, we think here would be a good fit for Angel and Faith. And, and, you know, I had a lot of help. Chris, who wrote the season of Angel of Faith before, left me with a, in a great spot with, um, you know, Magic Town and everything that was there. So I was, I was in a really good starting spot. I had a lot of great, wonderful toys to play with, but I didn't have the, uh, the clearest vision of what every issue, what every arc was going to look like, like they did on the Buffy, the Buffy book. So there was a, there was a feeling, a lot of the time that I was writing the book, there was a feeling of the train track being put down right before the train game. It also felt, yeah. Oh yeah, totally. It also feels like you started with, um, the challenge, at least early in the season of, you have your two titular characters who are on the other side of the globe from one another. Well, it was a challenge, but it was also kind of by design. We wanted those, each of those characters to have their own space for a while and to, to figure out some of their own thing because, I mean, you know how it is to be married. You're you're a unit, but you still got to have those individual times where you're figuring out your own stuff, mm. you know. And then you come back. You're still a unit. You come back together. You're a team. But we we did want those characters to have their own 
space. And again, we're thinking, okay, well, coming out of season nine, what is it these characters want? What is it they want to do? I mean, you know, it's not just a comic book about cool fights and witches casting spells and stuff like that. It's about characters that we've known a long time, care about, and, you know, what do they want? What do these characters want? And so we wanted to give Angel a little space and give Faith a little space, although bring them back together, quite obviously, and, and let them be that cool team. But yeah, so that was it was very much by design to, to, to give them a little space. I have one story specific question for you because it's just it's been bugging me for a while because when we were doing the podcast earlier, we kind of hit a point where we had a disagreement and we couldn't come up with what the intention was. So we have Inspector Brandt the entire season kind of, you know, helping point Angel in certain directions. And then we have in that last arc, it's a reveal that he's a vampire. I think he was a vampire all along, and Emily thinks that he was turned towards the end of the season. Which one is it? Uh, that is a great question. Did I mention that I don't always <laughs> remember things as okay. well as I should? I, I think, you know what, I think it's a little of both. And this is this is a cop-out. I'm very sorry. It's a cop-out okay. answer. But it's a kind of a little of both because I remember deciding... Not to decide <laughs> exactly exactly how we would end up with Brand. Because Brand was like, okay, I want this character. I think we need this character to do some, some certain things. He's kind of a liaison between Magic Town and regular London, and and, and it's a, it's a it's a useful character. Definitely. But we're gonna we're gonna let this character be an opportunity that's dangling out there, and we will use him how we feel we need to use him when the time comes. So I think the fact that you guys even had that argument is sort of a recognition of that. You sort of sensed on some level that uh, that he was hanging out there in limbo waiting for that decision to happen. Yeah, I mean, reading you can read it either way if you're going through it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, that, is that a good diplomatic way to say that? Yeah, no, I liked it. Yeah, I like that you split yeah. the difference. <laughs> I stand by my reading of it. <laughs> I think he was yeah. always evil. Yeah, no, but I I liked it. So awesome. Awesome. talking about the stories a little bit, were there other stories that you kind of wanted to work in there? I mean, you just told mm-hmm. us how Brant was kind of dangling, waiting to be used. Were there other characters or other things like that? Uh, you know, there were characters that I created. Like Rory. Do you remember Rory? Yep, yeah. yeah, the bartender. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just figured let's, okay, I remember writing the script and typing bartender. And I'm like, that's not a buffy <laughs> way to write. You, you give him a name and you're like, you know, maybe later he's not, maybe later he's more than right. a bartender. I mean, maybe maybe he's not, but you don't just say bartender. Let's, let's make this be a real character and everything. So I, I just remember always having this attitude that I can't tell the future. Let's just seed this place with a, a population of people that seem real to us and that our characters we've got characters that we know characters that are familiar let's put in some new characters and let's and this is kind of what i was talking about before about it's for me being very hard to look two years ahead because i might create a character in in the first arc and then by the third arc, I've really finally gotten to know that character. I know that sounds silly because I'm the person that maybe invented that character, but it, it, I have to spend some time with that character and think, oh, this is going to be great when this person dies or, or this is going to be terrible <laughs> when this person turns out to be a vampire or whatever. But, but I want that opportunity to kind of grow organically uh, with those characters. So I think every character is 
some kind of opportunity, you know, and, and it might be just a small little character moment or it might be some big action scene that doesn't happen for five issues. I mean, I don't know, uh, but I want those possibilities. I want those possibilities. And that starts in the script with typing Rory instead of typing bartender. I love that way of thinking about stories. I felt the most, as a small business owner, I feel the most sympathy for him because he kept on getting all of his stuff destroyed. I'm like, that poor man. (laughs) (laughs) That takes time and money to replace. (laughs) People, if only people would behave, just come in and have a drink. You don't have to do all this (laughs) this, uh, knocking around stuff, you know? (laughs) I'm guessing this came up at the summit, but the idea of bringing back Fred... I know that was brought up years and years ago as a possibility if the show wasn't canceled that she was going to come back. Was that something that came out of that, or was that uh, one of your ideas? Well, you know what? Well, well, it wasn't years and years before the comic because I, I was, I wasn't, you know. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I came in kind of late, you know. So that is, you know, that's a good question because a lot of those decisions. I mean, it just seems, you know, looking back, it's not like it's not like it was so long ago, but it was such an, a creatively intense time trying to fit everything in that it's just a big soup of feelings like should we bring back fred oh okay maybe no i don't know well there you go and then suddenly you open the comic and there's fred okay and we do want to think and we're thinking all kinds of things we're thinking what would be a great reveal you know i mean we do we're not you know we're not above ending a comic in a way that makes you want to run out and get the next issue we're not you know i mean maybe that's cheap but we're not above that we'll put a little trick on you to get you to to pick up the next issue sure but also well who would maybe who would readers like to see who who are the characters they remember and care about and on the other hand though we're not just in the nostalgia business either we want to bring back characters or showcase characters that can do lend something to the story in some way and i think the fact that illyria was such an important consideration it's like well let's think about fred you know so you know i can't i I don't my instinct is that i'm not the one that stepped up and said we've got to have fred right now but i do kind of remember latching on to that like yeah let's do that you know when when it was but i don't know i don't know where that came from it's it's really hard you know you you know i should have probably thought of i knew you were going to call i probably should have thought about this Well, the only reason I was bringing that one, because that was years and years ago, um, the actress who played her, she was being interviewed, and she's like, there were these TV movies that were going to happen that never did, and she's like, ah, well, I guess I could talk about like our plans for season six and the TV movies that never happened, and that was one of the storylines that was going to be brought up but never did, just because yeah. it never came back in live well, action. Yeah, well, I, you know, the, I guess, so I guess, you know, I guess the vibe or the, or the, the acorn of that idea has been around then for a while, sure. I mean, I guess understandable. I mean, people, I think there's people that wanted to see Fred, so of course. I but, wanted to see Fred. I was glad she came back. <laughs> uh, Obviously, you know, comics is a very 50-50 medium, both like show and tell, and you were working with Will Conrad, who is a gorgeous, gorgeous artist. I was curious what the process with working with him was like. Well, it was a, a little bit of a reunion because we did an arc of uh, X-Men together, too. So, so I'd worked with him before, and Dark Horse is very keen that the likenesses should look, you know, that that, the, that that Angel should look like the Angel you remember from the show, and that Faith should look like the actress. And, you know, they, they, they really want that. And I think Will utterly nailed the, and just nailed it. I mean, you, you, you feel like you're looking at those people. So that was great. He had, that was a, one of his big strengths. He had a number of strengths, but that was one of his big strengths. As for the process, 
and to, to give the characters a chance to shine, but to also give Will a chance to shine, give him cool things to draw. I mean, it's a visual medium. So my job, so, so I would send the script in and Will would be awesome. And that was the process, you know, so it <laughs> was pretty easy for me. Process. I mean, huh? That's a great process. And it's a great process when it works. I will tell you, it, and it almost always worked. But do you know what? I've worked with a lot of comic artists, and they all have their strengths and weaknesses. I would say that 99% of the time, I've just been thrilled with what all these artists do. But a lot of them seem to have a... a it's hard, it's seemingly hard for a, a comic book artist sometimes to do deadpan. <laughs> Like if I, because it's it's like nothing. It's a it's a non facial expression, right? You know, yeah. If it's a really extreme, if they're afraid or they're in pain, or if it's some extreme facial expression, then then it's they they nail it every single time. That they don't always get deadpan, and I, and it's like and I almost hated to do that, but I I would be like, okay, if this were the show, if this were the show, this would and these were actors and not drawings, this would be a deadpan moment. And, and so we, you know, we did our best. And I, and I remember there was like a, a, a couple of deadpan moments where we had to go in and put in dialogue because it didn't work. It didn't work. It just looked like it looked like a close up of a face and the letterer forgot to put the, the word. <laughs> That's so interesting. It supposed, when it was supposed to be like a deadpan moment. So that is like and I, I bring that up for the only reason that it was one of the very, very, very few moments where it just things like that did work because 99.9% of the time will, if anybody messed up, it was me. I, I, <laughs> he had a way better track record than I did. So I bring that up as just the one, just, just to get on the record that nobody's always perfect. <laughs> uh, but he, he mostly did. He mostly kicked ass and made the comic look great. One of the things, because you feature Drusilla pretty heavily, how does writing her dialogue go? Is it something, because there always needs to be like that see-through of like, you know, she's speaking crazy and nonsense, but you need to be able to see through the crazy and the nonsense to kind of get what she's going at. How does that work for writing her? That works by throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> and the, and, the, and the, good, the good thing about, any if you're a professional writer, you know it's not going to happen the first time necessarily or hardly ever. You know, you just, you write a draft and you see what the editors say and then you tweak it and then maybe you tweak it again. But, you know, somehow you hone in on, on the sweet pot, you know, but, but you got, I mean, I could have just, I, 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 I mean, I sometimes I would write it and I would say, this is probably not, this is probably only halfway there, but I got to get another, another opinion. You know, I got to get another opinion. So, so you would just kind of throw some spaghetti against the wall and stuck her. Yeah, I'd imagine it would almost be easier to edit Drusilla than to write Drusilla in the first place. Like, you can read it and be like, that doesn't sound quite right, as opposed to trying to come up with it in the first place. I can get that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is. You, you know, it, and the thing, you just got to let it be a process. You got to know that you're part of a team. And, and the editors and the editors would say, you know, Drusilla's a little too crazy here, or <laughs> not enough crazy here, or, you know. I mean, they would say, and I would just... You know, I would um, I would just work that into my plan. You know that 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 I was gonna work on this a little bit. So you're working on a title called Angel and Faith, and then about halfway through your w run, uh, they take away Angel for a little bit. How was that for you? Uh, when did that happen? Uh, when he went over to Buffy. And oh, you're right. Good. He went over to. It was yeah, a yeah. crossover. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> it was, you know what? I'm gonna tell you what I want to. 
haven't thought about this in so long. I really should have like reread all my other <laughs> comics before we started talking. You know what? It was cool because it was like girl power time with uh, Faith as the high school coach, you know, and everything. And I kind of got to just focus on Faith a little bit and the other characters. I would not have wanted that to go on any longer than it did, but it was a cool break for me to focus on Faith and some of the other characters. This might be more of an art thing, but I'm curious if this was a uh, direction by you or not and what the kind of meaning behind it was. In the home of Giles, we see um, some pretty prominent images of Jesus in there. I didn't know if that was connecting into the story as a whole or if that was just something that um, Will Conrad had added in there. I'm going to just flat out say that I have absolutely no recollection of that That's, at all. I was just curious because there was, it's in a couple of panels, there's this like massive Jesus in the background. I'm like, am I missing something? <laughs> So then I'm trying to well, read into it. I'm like, is this I'm connecting? Missing, I'm missing even more than you did because <laughs> I, I, I literally have no recollection no, of that. No, that's okay. I'm going to go with a, it was a stylistic decorative element. Oh, yeah. I just started reading way too much into it. I'm like, well, does this connect to that story in this way or all of that? So that's my own fault then. That's funny. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't Willem Dafoe or? Yes, it was Willem Dafoe. That's all. He just had images of Willem Dafoe as Jesus. Yeah. Maybe, okay. All right, I mean, it just could have been, I'm just trying to think of an alternative. I like that. I like the alternative. Have you seen that movie? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so you haven't seen that movie. No. What movie is it? (laughs) Oh, God, what's the title of that movie? He played Jesus. It's very famous. I believe you. sorry. (laughs) One thing I noticed kind of over and over again that I liked is that you're dealing with Faith, who arguably has a greater art, because Angel is just a moth to the flame, and, you know, he's going to screw up over and over and over again, but there's... I was reading into it, there seemed to be a bigger attempt to kind of make Faith grow as a character and to be kind of absolved of her past, both with Riley and Adira. Was that something that you were trying to focus on? Yeah, that was actually uh, Chris's idea. Uh, That actually was one of the things that I want to say came up in the Writers' Summit when we went out to L.A., that there was this kind of unfinished, unresolved business, and maybe there was some fertile soil there to plow, so to speak. And And I just thought, okay, well... Okay, well, where is Riley? What's he doing? And how can Faith be part of that and everything? So, so it, it basically, I think a, a little bit of how you described it, you know, she's got some, this is an issue that she can put to rest and maybe feel better about it, in addition to being part of her new employment situation. So, yeah, it was just some, some unfinished business that maybe she kind of, that this new mature, older Faith still nags at her a little bit, that maybe this is something she can contribute to. I have to imagine writing Faith. I don't want to say healing that sounds like new age or something. But Uh, I know what you mean. No, it feels like... Make it right. A little bit of make it right there. A little bit of make amends. Yeah. It feels like Faith must be a a character that might be a little more fun to write because that character in in the comics and in your arc like had the chance to grow and move on but Angel kind of always has to be Angel and just hit his head against the wall 20 times before maybe breaking through. Yeah, Angel was kind of steady Eddie, and, and and that actually came up in this in the in the summit too. That there's always something. There's always been something a little static about Angel, which is in some ways you can good because you can count on him to be a certain way. But but then what? Where's he going? You know what's what's his direction? You know. So yeah, I I think so, and I don't think and I don't think at the end of my season, you know, I think we get a little we get a little hint of angel growth but i don't think he's suddenly a completely different character at all no i've always argued that angel is the least interesting person in his own story it's what he does to everyone around him that's interesting well i yeah i know i i I, I see that point of view i see that point of view i tried to make him interesting 
by then. <laughs> it's so his I'm, own fault. Yeah. <laughs> He's been well established <laughs> at this point. It was a, I just, if I, if I could have just got those deadpan expressions right. <laughs> if only, if only. I found him more interesting. Yes. I never thought about how much he does deadpan in the show, but you're right. It's so true. Yeah, it's hard, yeah, it's hard yeah. to give a flat delivery when you're reading on the page. Yeah, no, I just <laughs> never thought about that particularly, but... Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, and I mean, you know, it, it's a comic book. You gotta do with what you gotta do. But, and the thing is, I, the thing about comic books, you know, season 10, they call it season 10, like it's a TV show. And I understand that and it's cool because it's a continuation of the TV show. But I was having a, I, I go, as you can imagine, I find myself at comic book conventions once in a while. And I'm on a panel and somebody will say, what did you think of Avengers Infinity War? And I'll say, I didn't see Avengers Infinity War. And they're like, and they're like gasps around the room. Like, well, why not? And I'm like, because it's not a comic book. Because there's not, there are actors, not comic book art. I want to see comic book artists do their stuff. That is one of the big attractions to me of comic books are the artists doing their stuff. And I hold, and I hold no, if, you know, I mean, the, the, it's a huge movie. They don't need me to go see it. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a winner, you know? Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not trying to, I have nothing against the movie. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying we do have to pause and say once in a while, they're not the exact thing. You know, a movie, a TV show is not the exact thing as a comic book. And they each have their strengths and their, their limitations. And that's the nice thing about translating these shows into comics is you were not having to deal with, well, we have a limited week-to-week budget, which is a totally yeah, different I mean, beast. You can, yeah, you can, you can literally send a character into outer space with a crew of bugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it doesn't matter how much that costs, just do it, you know? Right, exactly. And the bugs can look however you want them to look, and they can, yep, yeah. And destroy Easter yeah. Island. Yeah, and you can destroy Easter Island, and that's fine. And do, <laughs> yes, do whatever exactly. you want. Yeah. And the Easter Island people won't even get mad because it's just you didn't you weren't really even there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it's it's fun. And I mean, speaking of comic art, we have quite a bit of comic art in our house, so you know, I understand yeah, that. Yeah. No. I'm, Not by I, your choice. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't purchase it, but but it's a lot of it there. In a way, you did. In a way, I did too. <laughs> But but it's good. Like it's it's awesome. It's but it's fun to have up too. More as a general thing. What were kind of some of the highlights for you of working in that? Like you were there for a couple of years. What were some of the highlights for you? You know the highlights. Some of the highlights were when I realized that my thinking had changed about something. It's like it's hard to write something you don't like. You got to write. You got to find a way to like it. And and I I'm not saying I didn't like the bugs in the Spike <laughs> miniseries. They said, write the Spike miniseries. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great, because, you know, I saw James Marshall's is great on the show. Yeah, that's awesome. I want to do that. Yeah, he's in this spaceship with these bugs. Hey, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you know, and, and, I, and I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to do with these bugs. But by the end, I'm like, go bugs. I'm a bug guy now, man. You know, I, I'm, I convinced myself. How am I going to convince readers, right, if I can't convince myself? And I'm like, what would I want to see these bugs do? I mean, I, 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 I just thought, let's make them funny. Make them heroic. <laughs> you know, make them whatever. Make these bugs be the best bugs that they can be. <laughs> and I, like, convinced myself by the end. I'm like, why would ever Spike not have bug minions? This is right. awesome, you know? So so I think the surpri- one of the surprises was my ability to get on board with something and, and legitimately, and I, I, I don't mean fake it, I mean legitimately say, I didn't know about this at first, but yeah, now this is cool. I like this. This is fun. 
So that's one of the cool, the cool things. Another cool thing is that I inherited Co. Oh, yeah. From oh, yeah. the other book, and I had to make myself a Co man, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, you've got Co now. Okay, good. What's, what's Co all about? Well, what you need to do is go read, go reread all the stuff with Co from Buffy. And I did that, and you don't really learn a lot. If you go and read, you can go reread that a hundred times. And there's not a lot of, it's not like a huge Wikipedia entry of who Co mm-hmm. is and where he's from and what he's done. So I chose to say, okay, well then that's a blank canvas for me. That's how I'm going to get on board with this. And I made, and we went to Co's world. And by the end, when, you know, by the last issue, when Co is asking Fred what mayonnaise is, <laughs> and I, I'm I'm a Co guy. Now I'm a Co guy. I'm like I'm on board. I'm good with Co. So I, I think the the some of the high, cause, okay. Hey, I like Spike. Hey, I like Faith. Well, duh, they're great. <laughs> you know, Spike and Faith and these characters are great. I don't. There's no accomplishment to like them. And what I feel is an accomplishment is to do something with the bugs and to do something with Co. So they're good enough. To be with these other characters that we already love and know. I mean, you can't just have a half-assed character. This, this is this is Angel and Faith. This is Buffy. These are, these are these are great characters from a great show. And if you're going to bring in other characters, then you need to elevate them to the level where they're pulling their weight. And I felt like I did. I did. And I'm not saying you're going to go to the comic shop tomorrow and see Co issue number one. I mean, I'm not saying that's <laughs> going to happen. I'm not saying he's as good as you know Angel or, or these other great characters. But they, but they're good enough to be in that same space. They're worthy. I, I, at least I think so, and I hope I hope other people think so because you know I'm, I'm proud of doing that. Well, after what you did with, I don't think you really need Co anymore because you kind of gave him a full arc from going from the revenge to the kind of acceptance of his situation, and moving on from it. Like his story was told. Yeah, I, I, I felt and I felt good about that. That doesn't mean you know comic book characters never totally go away. You know, it <laughs> doesn't mean there there can't be more use for Co. But yeah, I do I do feel like. We, we had our journey with Co. yeah. Yeah, and it was good. It was memorable. It was great, so. Yeah, and that's the hard part, or the way that I interpret the hard part of these books is, you know, you have these, you know, characters with 20-year history. How do we establish someone new and make them interesting? I have to imagine is one of the harder parts. It, it is. It is, and that's why that they don't just point at you and go, okay, you're the writer, bye. We're going to come back in a week and we need a script. I mean, they don't, I mean, it's a team effort. People talk about it. It's why they had us all in a big room in Los Angeles to, to get us going on that season. You know, we can write, we could just write a book where these characters run around and fight each other and Buffy kisses Spike a few times and things like that, but that's not, that's not worthy of what we inherited from the TV show. Right, right. And this, I mean, is very much a continuation, but its own thing, and it, it stands up. Or it wouldn't still be going. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. Actually, what I like to do once in a while is uh, is go to our little stack of DVDs and just take down that uh, Once More With Feeling, the musical episode, yeah. and just, yeah. just, just, just like, you know what, it's time for this, and just watch that again. <laughs> it's a good album to mow the lawn to. It's about that long. Is it really? That's about how long it takes me to mow the lawn. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Not that you would know that from experience. <laughs> I think that's about all I had. As far as you, because, you know, you seem to be working constantly. Do you have anything that you want to plug that's either happened or that is coming up? Uh, I have a, a few things pending, which I've 
been told if I say anything about him, I will be murdered. <laughs> so, I'm, so, I, so maybe I, leave those. Is, uh, one thing is that I, um, I mean, in, in addition to comics, I'm a novelist, and uh, I just recently signed a three book deal with Tor for a new fantasy trilogy. Oh, cool. So that's public knowledge. So, so on the novel writing side of things, I got a lot of sword stabbing wizard spell stuff i gotta be working on here pretty soon well congratulations and well, thanks very much and relatively recently you just wrapped up a five issue mini for marvel the spirits of vengeance yeah i guess that trade is out everybody run out and buy that trade Perfect. yeah that was a very well received series i think it, it was fun well because when i was because the thing is when i was a, a kid johnny blaze was my ghostwriter you know, there's like a, a hundred ghostwriters now, but Johnny Blaze was my guy. And that was back in the day when it was like, oh, there's a ghost in the carnival. It was almost like a Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> those old, you know, 70s, you know, ghostwriters. But I loved them as a kid. So when I was on the phone with Marvel, they're like, well, it could either be Catch or it could be Blaze. I'm like, oh, Blaze, Blaze, Blaze. And, <laughs> and that was one of the few, that was one of the few things that I got my way on that. And that was cool. And, yeah, because that trade just came we, out a couple of weeks ago. The trade did it? Okay, so everybody needs to be running out and buying it. I guess. I mean, I'm supposed to say that, right? But well, it, 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 did, okay. no, it did well. I mean, it sold well, and it seemed to be critically well-received. Yeah, go buy that book. Yeah, It's a five-issue mini. You can, <laughs> you can spend the cash. It's not that much. <laughs> but other, than, other than that, you know, I, I've got some stuff pending and, and uh, some announcements on the horizon. But, uh, but just suffice it to say, yeah, pretty busy. Pretty busy. Well, that sounds awesome. Yeah, that's always good. <laughs> Work is always good. <laughs> No, thank you for coming out today. It is always fun to talk this stuff. Yeah. Which, clearly, we've been doing this for a while now, and I'm not sick of it yet. No, it's great fun. No, it's fun. It's fun. I appreciate the invitation. No, uh, thank you very much. Uh, all this stuff is available, and I think I started seeing it in solicits. I think pretty soon all of season 10 is going to be coming out in the big library editions oh, as wow. well. So if you want to get the hard covers of that as well, the trades are out. Spirits of Vengeance just came out a few weeks ago. But, um, Victor, thank you very much for talking with us today. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, guys. It was fun. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. And where can you find us? Yeah, and as we wrap up, (laughs) I'm not going to forget to do it this time. Didn't think that he had to be here for that. If you want to get all the information about us, editors.comics.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. The show is currently coming out once a month. If you want to get it a week early, patreon.com slash editorsnotecomics. And as always, just because, you know, it's... We don't have as frequent releases as we did. If you could rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, it will help boost our numbers, especially since it's probably more important now than it was earlier on, just because we don't have the same level of release. Yeah, because we kind of ran out. (laughs) (laughs) I think think next month we're back for regular continuity, I think. Cool. I think it's Giles time next month. Well, there you go. Well, we'll talk to you then about Giles. 90. You know what I'm going to say? I'm 100% sure. Okay. We'll talk to you then about Giles. Your voice only just started to break. You've done so good. You were oh losing, you've been losing your voice my for voice a few days. My voice has been so bad. It was so bad this morning. And I just tried to hydrate so much for that interview. And now it's all gone. Yeah. All right. We'll be back next month. Hope you enjoyed this. I know I did. Bye. <laughs>